Hello and welcome to the Pulpiteer Podcast, an audio online ministry of Pastor Andy Kroll and St. John's Pilgrim United Methodist Church. You can visit us online at pilgrimunchurch.com or you can visit my blog at thepulpiteer.com for more sermons and writings. Matthew 4, 1-11. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you're the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you're the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it's written, He will command His angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their their splendor. And he said to him, All of these I will give you if you'll fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it's written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only Him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. Would you bow your heads with me, please? So, Heavenly Father, pray that the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart would be an acceptable sacrifice to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So I want to get us thinking about how um, times of difficulty can kind of sometimes bring things to the surface. Uh, I was... uh, with my job, I get to be around funeral directors a lot of different times, and this is several years ago, and there happened to be a couple different funeral directors talking together. You get some interesting stories, and this, the one who was a newer guy, I think this is a story from out of state, but it's somewhere else, um, was telling about a, a time that uh, there was a funeral, there was the dad who had died, and the adult sons were there, and they kept waiting for the oldest son to come to be able to start the funeral. They waited, 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 he didn't show up, so finally they just said, we've got to go on with the funeral. Do the funeral, and then they're going to do the procession, and they thought, hey, let's do the procession and drive by Dad's house one last time on the way to the graveyard. And so they're driving by Dad's house, and lo and behold, oldest son's truck, pickup truck is there, and he's got a big chair, and he's walking down the porch carrying the chair, loading up the house after, you know, while they're at the funeral. So the procession stops. He, the guy said he was second in line. The limo stops. Door opens, younger son flies out, flying tackle, knocks the brother down, picks him up by a scruff, throws him in the limo, jumps in, slams the door, and off to the cemetery. <laughs> now, that's a negative story about things, but a lot of times around things like death or struggle or things like that, people's character gets revealed. Um, and that was a, a negative story, but there's a lot of, aren't there a lot of times when you're going through something really tough and then all of a sudden you see, like, some people's character really comes to the top, and you're like, wow, like, they, they are really a caring or thoughtful person, or they were just the right person that God would have in the right place for me right then. Um, there, there's times when that sort of thing happens, and in the toughest of times, you tend to learn things about yourself. Like, when, when the heat turns up, things tend to rise to the top, right? Whether it's struggle or strain or, or whatever it is, things tend to rise up. Through trials and testing, things are revealed. Through trials and testing, things are revealed. And so I, I want that kind of framework as we look at um, Matthew 4. Because here we have the story of Jesus' temptation by Satan in the wilderness. But there's interesting aspects of what's going on here, and it may not be exactly what you think. 
First, the Greek word that's translated as tempted is parazo, uh, means to tempt, but it also means to test. And it can mean uh, to test in the sense of ascertaining the nature of someone. Like you're, you're testing, and, and through this testing, you discover who the person really is. For me, one of the things that comes to mind is, um, as far as turning the heat up, if you've got a, a metal and then you um, turn the heat up enough, you, you uh, melt off the impurities and the, the, pure, the, net, the essence of, of whatever that metal is kind of comes to the top. That's how you, how you purify it. And while Jesus does not have any impurities to burn off, there is a sense that this encounter with Satan in the desert, it reveals who Jesus is. Because it's not a situation, it's not like the devil just caught him off guard and trapped him in the wilderness. It was pretty clear from the beginning, the spirit let him out there. It's not like the devil's like, aha! It's like, no, this is, there's something going on here. There's some sort of testing, there's some sort of thing that's going on. And it ends up revealing who Jesus is. And, and there's more with that. There's some, another interesting thing going on. Jesus answers Satan uh, three different times and quotes uh, scripture three different times. And the scripture that he's quoting all three times all come from Deuteronomy, chapters 6 through 8. Uh, Deuteronomy actually 8 and then 6 twice. So the first one, Deuteronomy 8, 3, says, Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Deuteronomy six sixteen, he answers with, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. And then Deuteronomy six thirteen, which is phrased a little bit differently than, than the response in Matthew. And Matthew says, You shall worship the Lord and serve only him. Based off of this, the Lord your God you shall fear, him you shall serve, and by his name alone you shall swear. So we have these three answers from Deuteronomy 6 and 8, which is an interesting thing. I'm going to suggest maybe that's not an accident. Maybe that was on purpose. And these echoes in Deuteronomy then are important. Because this part of Deuteronomy, you have to ask, so what's going on in Israel's history at this point in Deuteronomy? Well, Deuteronomy is after they're coming out of the wilderness and about to go into um, the promised land, and, and you get the, the commands and all that stuff with it. So this is the part of Israel's history where they're about to leave the wilderness. How long was Israel in the wilderness, by the way? Forty years. Forty years, right? And how long was Jesus in the wilderness in, in Matthew? Forty days. Forty days. You hear that echo. There's that thing going on there again. And so here you have um, uh, Israel about to come out and go out of the wilderness. And there we have, they've been in the wilderness for 40 years. And Jesus is going to be in there 40 days. Or he's been in there 40 days. So he's about to, to leave the wilderness as well when, the, when Satan comes to him. So you have this parallel going. But not only that, if you think about the story of Israel and how that worked. Israel, um, what did Israel do before they entered the wilderness? What did they pass through? They pass through the Red Sea, right? Israel passes through the waters of the Red Sea to go into the wilderness. Well, if you look at Jesus' story, what happens at the end of um, Matthew chapter 3? Jesus passes through the waters of baptism, right? From the waters of baptism into the wilderness, Israel's passing through. Now, what if this is not just some huge coincidence, but is intentional? And then Jesus, citing um, Deuteronomy right here, is intentional, what if it's all um, pointing to these echoes? This echoes of what's going on. Um, Deuteronomy 8, as you look at um, eight chapter, or eight, chapter 8, verse 3, that's where it says, man does not live by bread alone. But let's think about this testing thing in regards to the context of what's going on with Jesus' first answer. Deuteronomy 8, verses 2 to 3 says, 
Remember the long way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness in order to humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart. So you already hear that, right? So the testing let, like, lets whatever it is rise to the top. Let's see what's in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commandments. He humbled you by letting you hunger, then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors were acquainted. In order, So the whole reason he did that was to make you understand that one doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. So here we see the, the purposes of Israel in the wilderness, their wilderness testing was twofold. One is to reveal what's going on in their hearts. Will they follow the commandments of the Lord? Which, by the way, how they do on that? Not the best. Hard for us to throw stones, though, because we mess up too. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, not the best. Like, there was stuff in their heart. But then the other thing was for them to learn dependence upon God. Like, they had the manna, which, what happened, by the way, if they collected too much manna? If they're like, I'm going to collect enough manna for tomorrow as well, what happened? It's spoiled, right? So the point was, like, you've got to trust God each day. How many of us are really good at that? Right? So I, I hopefully you can relate to that. You see that this time of testing, this, this time of um, wilderness time, was a time to learn to depend upon God, and a time where um, it's kind of shown, like, will we be faithful to God or not? And so as we enter into this Lenten season, I wanted to emphasize this, this testing aspect of Jesus' wilderness time, and to remember this testing aspect of Israel's wilderness time, because it's not uncommon for the people of God to find themselves in the wilderness being tested. But to remember what this whole thing's about. Times of testing in the wilderness, they reveal things about you. Through trials and testing, things are revealed. That's how it works. And so the hard thing is, that, as we've kind of hinted at, the hard thing is that when we go through stuff and are tested, the things that are revealed are not always positive. Lent is a, a time of prayer and fasting, And it's a time to be led spiritually into those places where you're challenged and pushed and tested. Um, I do a bit of fasting during Lent, and it's a really important time in my devotional life. Um, Because God really meets me in the midst of um, the, the different prayer I do, the different fasting I do. God really meets me in the midst of that. What I found is that God uses that time to, to like really get at me, to really strip away some things, to really reveal some of my own brokenness that, um, that I need to give over to him to be transformed. I'm going to be honest with you, that's not fun. You're probably thinking, it doesn't bother us much, Pastor Andy, when you do that to yourself. So that's <laughs> But that's what we're all called into, isn't it? Like we're all called into that. And so I really encourage you, take this Lenten season seriously. Like, make it be for you a time of prayer and scripture study. Um, fast as you can. And let the Holy Spirit reveal some things in you. And bring them to the surface. Now again, the challenging thing about that as you do it, the challenging thing about this testing is that we will fail. We all have faults. And the hard thing about going through the testing is... When your true character is revealed, it's going to have some warts and spots. And that's hard. That's hard to come face to face with. But the warts and spots are there whether you're aware of it or not. And honestly, like, they're not going to ever be dealt with until you like, bring them to the surface and give them over to God. Like, they don't magically disappear. I've tried it. It doesn't happen, right? 
And so you need God to, to deal with that stuff, to stir that stuff off. The same was true with Israel. You know, when, when their character was revealed, it wasn't the prettiest thing. They didn't perfectly trust God. They complained. They worshipped idols. Because through trials and testing, things are revealed. But, and here's a word of hope. Here's why Matthew 4, having these echoes from Deuteronomy, is so important and is so cool. I mean, it's really cool. Because what we see Jesus doing here is it's like Jesus is kind of redoing Israel's story. Except doing it correctly. Where Israel failed, Jesus trusts in God perfectly. Where Israel, is tested, uh, where Israel tested God, Jesus lived in faith. Where Israel sought out power, Jesus in humility accepted his Father's will. I mean, imagine if you can. Imagine Israel, after all the failure and everything, looking back, maybe even in shame, looking back at their own brokenness, how they'd fallen short and all that stuff. And then now imagine Jesus stepping in for them and redoing their story and repairing their mistakes. Can you imagine that? Now, imagine that in your life. Your sin, your brokenness, how you've fallen short. I want you to picture this. Your sin, your brokenness, how you've fallen short. And then Jesus steps in for you. And he says, I've got this. And then Jesus lives that perfect life that we should have lived. And dies the death that we deserve. You see, through trials and testing, things are revealed. And what is revealed here is what a marvelous Savior we have. And so I encourage you, enter into that wilderness. Let the Holy Spirit stir some things up. Because you have a Savior that is ready to bring the power of forgiveness into your life in an awesome way. In the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen.